0: Welcome to the Make It Count podcast with Phil Degree and Jennifer Mare, where we'll share stories of how people triumph through the hard
1: seasons in life and make it count.
0: Well, hello, Rick Costa. How are you doing today?
1: Hello, Jennifer. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today.
0: Of course. Thanks for being here. We're sorry that Phil couldn't be here with us today, but wanted to roll with you because your knowledge, expertise, wisdom... Um, that I've been fortunate enough to have over the years. I definitely want to share it with our audience, um, especially on this podcast of making it count. So before we get started, though, um, I could go on about your resume, but give us a little background of you and not only what you do, but you as a person, because that's what we love the most.
1: Yeah. Well, no pressure there. So none, none at all. Uh, I'm Rick Costa. I've been a member of Triumph Fitness since the very beginning. So it's uh, this has been such an important part of my self care and my journey in terms of taking care of me, which allows me to better take care of others too. I'm a a licensed clinical and medical psychologist here in the state, and I've been practicing uh, for over 20 years. So my background is in uh, trauma-based services and interventions, which is so important. You know, I kind of fell into it by default after Katrina. You know, and it really kind of rocked our world and everybody's world mm-hmm. and kind of um, at that point had to really step in and take care of folks that were suffering who were really trying to help other people. So uh, yeah. that, that's been uh, my journey. And so I, I have to practice what I preach, which is why I, I try to sort of and it's been so nice to have the Zoom classes so I can uh, I can incorporate the workouts and, and yeah. kind of the mindset stuff that you all really Espouse which I really appreciate,
0: and so, so you're, you're tooting Triumph Fitness as home, I am, so I, appreciate I am. That. Yeah. And we are recording here at the gym, and um, we have a class going I can hear on, the music. so if anybody hears <laughs> that, in lively the back environment. Room, um, we apologize, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And we've been working together even before Triumph Fitness, that's right. Um, you and I met about 10 years ago, Ten years. and you were there at a very integral part of my journey, um, really coming into who I was as a person. We're going
1: to go there, huh?
0: We're not going there. I'm <laughs> All just, right. I'm just setting the stage to know. Confidentiality. Know how,
1: <laughs> yeah. But you
0: would never take me on as a client. I would always beg you, Rick, take me on. And you Boundaries
1: would, are important.
0: And you would say, I'm sorry, I like this place way more than taking care of you. <laughs> <laughs> Which I appreciated that in a roundabout way. But we're here talking about, at Make It Count, we're talking about people triumphing through hard seasons and then living every day to make it count. So what I really want to kind of pick your brain about is when you, when you meet with somebody, there is two paths that they can take after trauma. One would be kind of going down that dark road, maybe, and maybe you do both of them at the same time. But what do you think is like the turning point for somebody to get over that hump after trauma, to be in the state of gratitude, to live every day, to make it count? Does that make sense?
1: That's a really good question. And, you know, it's funny because a lot of folks say, how do you do this work? It's so hard. Well, I, I think what we need to pay attention to is um, it's all about perspective and perception. You know, and it's really how you look at situations. Um, trauma can be very scary, but it also can be a great awakener. It really can help, um, you know, us to really recognize who, what we're made of. You know, that when you endure a traumatic experience and get through it on the other side after doing the appropriate work, getting the appropriate support... It really can wake you up and, and make you realize, wow, if I could survive this, if I could weather this storm, I could survive anything. And that's such a, a powerful thing for folks. Uh, so that's very, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning is to see those ahas and those light bulb moments that people have. And, um, you know, I try to think from a, you know, I definitely think very positively. I try to empower folks as much as I can and getting them to realize their special talents and, and, and superpowers that at first, sometimes they think is a deficit and it really is about reframing uh, the time, uh, you know, that kind of mindset to help people realize, look, you have what it takes. The fact that you even picked the picked up the phone to call um, is a huge first step. Uh, and that tells me that you already have some sense of awareness and some desire and motivation to to make some positive changes and to get through this rough patch.
0: Yeah. So you said, um, if they could make it through this, they could make it through anything. That's right. And I'm going to tie that a little bit to my journey, because yeah. that's what I feel like losing a child my therapist who you've um hooked me up with um we talk about that all the time like nothing compa- can everything pales in comparison of losing a child and it, when you yeah. frame it like that then you really do believe that oh this is not that big of a deal go go bankrupt no big deal we're good cuz you know what I'm saying I'm, I'm I'm using that as an example but Does that make sense, what I'm trying to say? Oh,
1: yeah, and I'm I'm always big on making sure that we don't yardstick. And I say that our limbic brain, our emotional center, can't tell the difference between a first world and a third world problem, that we experience it often the same way. And it's not uncommon that people come in you know, struggling that they're turning 30 or they're turning 40, that those milestones are huge because in their mind, they had some expectations about where they'd be. And if they feel like they fell short, short of that, then suddenly they're having some real kind of sadness or some existential type of depression. And having the ability to talk about that without feeling judged. So if if somebody's house burns down, you know or you know, after a while people start to say, hey, get over it. But you know when we collectively have something like Katrina, you know it, it does it's not as big a deal for folks to talk about you know fixing their house or having their roof changed, you know, and the stresses that come with that. So we don't want to measure you know, and kind of uh, say, oh, well, your your trauma is worse than mine. Mm. So, uh, you know, listen to me or, you know, oh, I'm going to discount that because yeah. it's it's so important to pay attention to people's perspective. And then from there, once you hear that narrative, you can add to it and help them add to it so they can figure out how do you sort of use this to your advantage.
0: Yeah. And that's something I always say when people come up to me and they're like, oh, well, I lost my child at six weeks or the first trimester. And I'm like, whoa, this is it, like that. That's still important. That you lost a child, no matter how far along in the journey it is, yeah, and you you talked a lot about different traumas. So, can we um, put a definition on trauma, like what that is? Because you you said things like losing a house or turning forty or a milestone, or it doesn't have to be this big dramatic thing. It could be little things that are rel- that we might seem small, but it's relative to that person. So, if you had to identify. With the word trauma or an experience, could you put that?
1: It's really any experience that overwhelms our senses and our capacity to really regulate our emotions, to take care of our ability to sort of control what's going on in our internal world. And so, um, again, a lot of it is about perspective. You know, uh, one person uh, might look at a situation and not have the same kind of impact or may not be influenced or affected by it the same way that another person uh, mm-hmm. would be. I'm, um, for instance, um. Some people get excited about the thought of jumping out or, you know, jumping out of airplanes. Just the thought of it for me, it would be a traumatic, you know, I'd start to have kind of heart palpitations and (laughs) and, and trauma-related types of symptoms. So again, it really goes back to what's your perception? So when someone comes in and they say, hey, I experienced a trauma or, hey, I'm depressed, I often say, well, you know, that can mean different things to different folks. What does that mean for you specifically? And suddenly you see kind of uh, the notion, you know, people kind of turn their head and say, it's okay for me to say that? That you really want to give folks the opportunity to, to share their story without judgment, because um, and that's you know, and we, we don't always do that as regular people, but in, you know, seeing a therapist uh, who understands trauma and understands how it impacts us, how it affects our lives in many different ways, uh, provides us with the an opportunity to really um, work through those difficulties and then find strength through it. Yeah. Uh, to, to grow. There is a concept known as post-traumatic growth, and it's really the notion of um, you know you can weather the storm it's 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 tied in with resilience that sense of i am tough i can make it through i had breast cancer and i survived that now i'm going to go out and start a, an organization that yeah. helps women who are are recovering from breast cancer uh things like you know america's most wanted was created by someone who experienced a, a horrific loss of his son who was murdered At mothers against drunk driving you know these were folks who lost their children and um, and mustered up the courage once they finally got themselves together to say, "I'm going to sort of do something to make a difference. My child doesn't have to have died in vain." Yeah, and that can be so empowering.
0: It definitely is. But let's talk a little bit about because I'm all about I'm all about figuring out for some people they can't muster up the courage to do something big like Phil and I are doing this podcast to make it count and to inspire other people. So let's talk about post dramatic growth. Yeah, that's what you said. Mm-hmm. In small ways, like what are the little bitty things that people are have experiencing or doing that might not be this big podcast or that might not be mothers again? You get what I'm, I'm yeah. saying, like maybe it's just waking up in the morning yes. and brushing their teeth. You stole like, my, okay, sorry,
1: you stole my example. Great, I'm yeah. a therapist now. Yeah, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, it's
0: because you've, <laughs> you've been in been my there, life, done that, and you've been in my life for ten years, uh, yeah. like helping me through it. So, yeah, talk talk about the little things that if somebody's listening right now and they're like. There is no way I'm gonna go start a foundation. What is something else that they could do?
1: yeah I think sometimes for some individuals it is getting out of bed in the morning and being able to celebrate that because a lot of folks where uh, our brains are just programmed to pay attention to what we're doing wrong or what we need to improve uh we have to reset our mindset so that we pay attention to the stuff that we're doing right and taking time to stop and celebrate that so it can be a woo-woo you got out of bed today wow um, you made it in the car and you got. Uh, to the office, or, you know, you, you logged on to Zoom on time today, you know, th- this is something to really be proud of and to really um, celebrate so yeah. that we are starting to replace that uh, stinking thinking that um, often we run with. Yeah. And, and it starts to define who we are. And we look for, uh, we look for evidence to support the stinking thoughts uh, in situations or even in people that don't have the credibility to, to make judgments uh, about us. And the only way that it sticks is if we let it stick. And if, if a part of us still believes uh, the BS that's being uh, fed to us by those around us that might want to bring us down for reasons that say more about them than it does yeah. about us.
0: Oh, man, that that when I learned that or when that clicked in my my head that it's more about that person and less about me, that was just very freeing, you know? Um, let's talk a little bit about, like, we talked about the small growth. We talked about, um, like, the the trauma and stuff. I had the question and then it just, of course, left my brain. Yeah. So, what what you have something right now?
1: Uh, but what, do you, what in particular are you trying to sort of get at? I mean, give me an example, maybe. Yeah. Otherwise, um, I can just talk forever oh, off the cuff.
0: Yeah. I love it, though. Yeah. That's, I think that's why we get along so well because yeah. me and you just kind of talk. But um, we were talking, you said about um, the thoughts. So, when you stinking thoughts, stinking thoughts, that and and getting to that personal growth mindset instead of that fixed mindset.
1: Hey, so my friends over at Hyundai of Metairie, Chris and Van, those guys uh, heard heard the podcast, heard what we're doing. They like what we're doing in the community. we are always giving back. I wanted to give them a shout out. They have something called the no market adjustment pricing. Go over there. If you're in the market for a car, go see Chris. Tell them you heard it here on the Make It Count podcast. Hassle free, no games. Just them being uh, fair and honest with you. Hyundai of Metairie they're on vets at interstate
0: what are some of the things that somebody can do if they don't want to if they're not ready to see a therapist if not if they're not ready to go to group or whatever that these big things what are some of the things that people can do right now to practice getting from that fixed mindset to that growth mindset
1: I mean, just making little changes can make a big difference. You don't have to sort of climb Mount Everest to to feel like you're doing something amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, getting out of bed, getting some sunlight, you know, making sure that you're watching what you eat, trying to get enough water, um, you know, going to the gym, talking to positive people who uh, feed your spirit and make you feel those tingles that it's like, wow, when I'm with this person, kind of like uh, when we get together, when I'm with this person, it really makes me feel energized. I feel like I just had three cups of coffee. And so use your intuition because our intuition often uh, steers us in the right direction. And we often ignore that. And, um, and for reasons that um, you know, are, are unkind, you know, and often we're our own worst enemy and we will say worse things to ourselves in our own mind than we would ever say to anyone else. And sometimes just um, hearing it out loud is enough to say, wow, you know, I really am being abusive.
0: So I heard somebody once say that, take a megaphone and put it to your brain. And everything that you think about yourself gets projected out to the world. Yeah. Would you want that to be? And I, I was like, oh man, that's good. Because yeah. you're the only person that's hearing it. Let's talk a little bit about the cycle of trauma. Because it's not a, it's not black and white, right? right? You don't go through trauma and then all of a sudden you're fixed and everything's better, right? We just came on um, four years of Grayson and I, I kind of, not regressed, but I was in my feels a little bit more than I would normally think and it's four years later. Like so talk about that cycle that the triggers maybe that come up. Um, that it's not just you're in trauma, you're out of trauma, right?
1: Yeah. Well that's a course right there. Oh, that's a whole uh, course. I'm gonna try to figure out how I can sort of put that in a way that So
0: does that mean we have to have you back on another episode? (laughs) I'm, I'm happy
1: to come, but you know, there is a difference between what post traumatic stress looks like and what complex trauma looks like. Okay. And complex trauma often are, you know, the situations where someone's been abused for years and years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been sexually abused. They've been beaten. And often uh, what we look for is a narrative or, you know, what they're saying that they say it almost in a sing-songy way.
0: Mm-hmm. That
1: they say it in a way that you would never guess that they've been impacted by something so horrific. And usually my my way of gauging that is someone is talking about, oh, yeah, you know, I'm trying to sleep and there's all these bullets going off and your jaw drops and you realize it for them, it's such the norm. Mm -hmm. And so as opposed to someone with post-traumatic stress, I mean, it used to be called shell shock when when the when that terminology first was uh, was brought up back after, um, you know, the the world wars, you Mm -hmm. know, the the notion of there's that shock and awe. People feel out of their body. They feel disconnected um, and it's a little bit easier to spot. So it's important to make those distinctions so that we can make sure that we're not minimizing the the significance of people's um, difficulties with complex trauma. uh, It can be hard to get folks to sort of shift that a little bit and realize, look, um, this is a big deal. I'm really terrified that you live in this type of situation. And to what extent does that put you at risk if you're Mm. thinking, oh, it's no big deal that there are bullets flying and you go outside to check, as opposed to what I would do is I'd run into the closet and, you know, kind of put (laughs) a mattress over my head. (laughs) Right. So. Um, So, you know, there's definitely different things to look for when it comes to trauma. Yeah. Um,
0: So making it count. Talk to me a little bit about what that sounds like to you when you hear somebody say that they're going to live every day to make it count.
1: um, I think that's a wonderful philosophy because it does. Every day counts. And, uh, and you know, gonna, if you're thinking that the only thing you're going to celebrate is a huge success or a big milestone, then you're missing so many opportunities to oh, say stop,
0: say that again, yeah, I need you to say that again. For yeah, you
1: know, you don't want to miss the opportunities of really celebrating the seemingly small stuff. Mm-hmm. you know, only we can determine what's small versus what's huge, and you said it yourself, sometimes getting out of bed is reason for celebration, and taking that time, you know, keeping a gratitude journal can really start to now. Uh, shift your mindset from one that's more negative to at least at the very least neutral if mm-hmm. not positive yeah. and, and to celebrate your strengths, gifts, talents, and superpowers is what I talk about um, and I always tell folks, hey, until you see what I see, uh we got work to do because um it, it's the blinders are on that you're not recognizing um what you know what your strengths are
0: yeah you so know, let's it's talk easier about- for us
1: to see it before others see it in themselves
0: and, yeah, and let's talk about surrounding yourself with the people who do see it before you see it and it might not be a therapist. It could be a friend or like who you're surrounding yourself with. Talk about the impact on that.
1: Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be a therapist. Some There's a lot of stigma still associated with yeah. going to mental health counseling. Which I think
0: is ridiculous because four years seeing a therapist yeah, has changed it. my life.
1: Absolutely. It really, it can be life changing, but you know, if you live in a rural community, it's a lot less stigmatizing to see your car parked outside the church than it is outside the mental health clinic because everybody knows each other. So it's, uh, there's differences in rural versus urban areas. So pay attention to where you are and what the resources are at your disposal. Yeah, But, um, you know, here in the South, especially churches are such, uh, are such powerful resources for folks. And there's so many resources um, that you can get from your pastor or from your congregation. Mm-hmm. I've seen amazing uh, things being done with congregations who get together and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, have collections. I, I you know, the judge I worked with out in St. James Parish, you know, he would, um, he did a some collections to get people to be able to buy their class ring. And these were kids that were coming through juvenile court and wow. who were like, wow, this guy's like a dad, you know? Yeah. And sometimes the, you know, the fear was like, you know, are, are is this the only place where they're getting that kind of reinforcement that they're going to want to keep coming back to juvenile court? Right. So, oh, yeah. but the, the positive thing is that we can see that, uh, you know, someone who's starving for that affection or attention, you provide, it, it doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be, you know, yeah. A class ring, but it could be just, "Hey, you're doing a good job, and I know you're having a hard time, but let's pay attention to what you're doing right." Yeah, and that, and seeing that big smile in kids who otherwise um, have been discounted, mm-hmm. um, it, again, is what gets me out of bed. It's what it, it empowers me, even in the face of hearing some uh, about people's adversity.
0: Yeah, and know? even for me, the stigma with therapy. It's funny because when I share that I'm still in therapy four years later, people are like why why do you need therapy but it's become more of a um a check-in yeah. with my mental health and um what i love about it um what my therapist has been doing is it's been more like a cele- forcing yeah. me cuz i mean you know me i got to reach for the the rooftops and stuff more about celebrating the small wins of week to week so that's been really nice. There,
1: And I always say therapy is not just about woe is me. You can come here to celebrate and, and people do benefit from that. And I do see people for six, 10. I have some folks that I've seen for 14 plus years. And uh, these are folks that are successful, that do well, but you know... It, it's not real until they actually say it to someone that counts, who's listened, who's reinforced, and also who's challenged them to say, "Wait a minute, do you yeah. re- is that really a limitation that's going to get in the way?" Yeah, you may have had been diagnosed with ADD as a kid, or they may have had you sitting with the special kids and wiping uh, the drool off their chin. But look at what you've accomplished. What, look what you can accomplish. And suddenly they're you know they're they're persevering and yeah. um, you know and doing stuff that they didn't think they could do. Mm-hmm. So it is um it is like parenting sometimes.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and it's just having, I think we go, I think we feel like we have to go through life by ourselves and we don't.
1: You don't have to be alone. You don't
0: have it. to be alone. And no. it doesn't have to be this big stigma of a therapist. Like you said, it could be like a friend or something, or even your spouse. I mean, you've, you've been with Brett and I since the very beginning. You've seen our ups yeah. and downs, but like it's just having somebody to go through life with you.
1: And conflict is not problematic. That's a you know, whole that's, other
0: podcast. Huh? Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> when, you know, and people, you know, conflict is to be expected. The question is, is how do you overcome it? How do you work through it? And how do you sort of navigate it so that you're not uh, leaving scars and, and, and more stab wounds yeah. by um, attacking? And sometimes when we get angry, we get defensive and we can say ugly things. So it's really important that we are become mindful and how to sort of, in a very healthy way, be able to argue and to be able to express differences of opinion, especially when you have two strong partners that um, have, uh, that? <laughs> who have uh, strong opinions, you know, yeah. and, and you want to be able to empower that. And you don't want to squelch that because otherwise folks won't stop. They'll just stop talking to each other.
0: Well, and I know this is a whole nother podcast as well, but I, I think that's what's wrong with the world. Yeah. We can't communicate with each other without hearing each other out. And being okay that we all have different opinions.
1: I like what you said about the feels. It's important to just sit with the feels. It's not about taking it away. Yeah, you're suffering, but sometimes let's just sit with that and let me sit with that with you. I don't want to take it away from you. I want to honor those feelings so that you can uh, eventually come to realize that you can get through the feelings. You know, that anger is not a bad thing. But
0: they're uncomfortable feelings. They're very uncomfortable.
1: I don't want to sit there with it. (laughs) Especially things like anger because we're taught, oh, you know, it's not ladylike. You know, that's... That's that's so unsouthern to be angry. But in fact, uh, you know, anger is a symptom. It's not a disorder. It's not a disease. And so I don't like to take that disease model. I like to take the approach of, you know, what is this a symptom of and what are you being deprived of? What's uh, what in your soul is not being fed? And how do we find the healthy, uh, adaptive alternatives to meet those needs that you're clearly not being met? And you're exploding all over the place. You know, and right now people are on edge, you know, people. We watch the news, you know. The, the pandemic keeps coming back and forth, and and that really stresses people out. It it keeps them on edge. It makes them hyper vigilant. It makes them very watchful, kind of like what we see in in post traumatic stress. You know, it's that sense of I, I'm leaving my body because I can't stay in there. Right. But then, um, how do I navigate? You know, people do unhealthy things to kind of ground themselves to get back in their body. They cut themselves. They make self harm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when what they really need is is to find healthy. Uh, ways of releasing that pressure talk is one way of doing that
0: so give us so one of them is talk give us two more that that can be healthy
1: ways. yeah being able to that. to sort of confide in others and trusting that others can be there for us but a lot of people get angry because it's like you know i'm, I'm suffering but nobody can see it and i look at them and i say well you look fantastic yeah. you know is it possible that you're uh, without realizing you're not letting people know and you're getting upset because they can't read your mind, you know, and, and often the thing is, well, I've never been able to trust that I can get my needs met, that people aren't going to roll their eyes or tell me to just get over it. So the key is to get folks to sit with their feels and then from there identify what what needs are not being met and then look to those around them because that's, that's going to be the testament of whether that's someone you want in your life or not is if they can sit with that. Even if it's to say, I, I don't understand where you're coming from. But I care about you and I want you to be able to, uh, you know, and I'm honored that you would uh, confide in me. Yeah. So, but really, social support is so important to get us through those tough times and to remind us, like you said, we are not alone and you don't have to weather the storm alone.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So if you can leave our, our audience or viewers or listeners or whoever is out there with one thing about trauma and living every day, make it count what would you leave them
1: with? Yeah, don't go it alone. And self-care, self-care, self-care. Even when I meet with professionals and colleagues, whenever we try to talk about self-care, you hear a pin drop. And for those of us that are caretakers and are in the helping profession, we're so used to taking care of others that we often neglect our own needs. And that's the, the, the um, recipe for disaster in terms of what we describe as secondary traumatic stress, compassion, fatigue, or just plain burnout. Yeah. And those are the things that we can avoid simply by stopping and say, okay, I, I've taken care of a lot of folks today. What do I need to do for me specifically? So it's not selfish. It is selfless to give to yourself because if you don't give to yourself, you're of no use to anyone else. I love You've got to recharge that battery. You can't, you can't run on an empty gas tank. You,
0: you cannot, you yeah. cannot. I love it. As that. high
1: as the gas prices are, you know, you got to <laughs> refuel.
0: You got to refuel. Absolutely. I love it. Brick, I loved having you. I, I feel having, like there's a lot more yeah. that we can talk about. So hopefully, we'll be seeing yeah, you back on the podcast. Back. But um, thank you so much. And we'll see y'all next episode. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope you found something that inspires you to make it count every day. You can follow us on social media at Make It Count.